Welcome, friends, to the Friends That Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper in our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. The one who holds the torch key is your host. Get ready for your ears to go on a trip with your favorite group of friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this uh, week's episode of Friends That Carry On podcast. I'm your tchotchke holder this week, uh, Tony, and with us we have Mr. Brian Romine, Eric Fargo, Jim Scott, and then from lovely California, we have Mr. Jim Reed. You out there? Greetings from the West Coast. Yeah. All right. So this week we're gonna we're gonna tag on to our last episode for Jim Scott and I's first foray into Southeast Asia. So we hit Bangkok, Thailand last week. So we jumped on a wonderful little jet airplane. Yep. Air Asia. <laughs> little jet Air airplane. Air Asia. <laughs> To Siem Reap, Cambodia. And Cambodia, or Siem Reap, is infamous for Angkor Wat. I'm not sure what else. <laughs> the killing fields. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously from an American standpoint, it was part of the, the Vietnam War and stuff. But um, as far as things to see and things to do, I think the temples were... We're pretty much high on our main attraction. Yeah, our, our main attraction. I kind of let's ex- explain to people because I never even knew these places existed until Jim, I, you even went. Terry went. I'm like, I've never heard of Skin Reef. I don't know what Anchor Walk is. Sorry, I'm not that educated. I didn't know what it was, and it opened my eyes when you all went. And I didn't know that they're. So what's cool is they're discovering these. The same, they're built the same time a lot of the Roman ruins are built, correct? Time frame as far as history goes? Uh, these are 10th, 11th century. Okay. 12th, t- between 10th and 12th centuries. Okay. This was built. So, you know, from here, 1,100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, I think somewhere to the 14th century. Jim, do you know that? Yeah. yeah, I think they ended in the, the, like the 15th century. So, but mostly in the 11th, 12th, and 13th century was the highlight. Yeah, well, I think the oldest one was Bante Shrey, which we'll talk about. And I think that was 10th century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But well, I never knew they existed. Well, you know, it's funny. And, and, and Jim Scott and I were teasing on the second day of our temple temple visit. We bought the book because, you know, there's this book, uh, a couple of the guys, I think, who've done a lot of individual books, got together and wrote a book that's now kind of this on the whole Anchor Wat and the surrounding temples, that whole Keimer, you know, Whole thing, right? The whole temple grounds. We were like, we really should have probably read this for a second. But I have looked at it since. Um, but I think one of the, the most fascinating things about Anchor Wat is the sheer size. Oh, right. To this day, it's still the largest Religious temple, religious temple, religious temple grounds in the entire world, mm-hmm. right? which is just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say this, I mean, having gone there, that's one of those places that words or pictures yes, cannot right. do it justice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. until you just go through those grounds and and realize it's, it's one of those things you can't you can't even begin to touch it as far as visiting the whole grounds in, in a couple of days. You're going to hit the highlights and that's about it. Right. It's hundreds and hundreds and acres. thousands of acres. Right. right. It's just huge. It's also incredibly hot there. I mean, you know, it's yeah. usually over 90 degrees. And the sun just radiates off the stones. So even if you want to see it all, you know, it's going to take you, you know, more than the three days most people stay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, for us, which I think, Jim, you guys have traveled all at, at the same time, which is in this, 
you know, December, January timeframe, which for traveling there is the best time. It's one of the best. It's the coolest time of year, which is still in the 90s for Fahrenheit temperatures. Still humid. But it's not the rainy season. You you got good weather. It's still hot. Like Joe was saying, your temple touring time, you want to get started in the morning and and go as long as you can, which typically is 1, 2 o'clock maybe, and then kind of wrap it up because – yeah, Jim, how many times have you been now? Let's see. Uh, I think this was my third time. Your third time to Siem Reap, Cambodia, and your weather was the same every time. It really had a, right? I, I think the very first time it was a good five to seven degrees warmer. You know, you can hit it when it's much worse than what we had this time. But all three times it was in the 90s or above. Right. I can remember when I went. I went two years ago. It wasn't really oppressive in any way. No, it was just so. typical, really hot southern, like we're used to, uh, Georgia heat type of deal. But it wasn't humid. I didn't know. It was, it was, it was, it was really I would think it more like southwestern oh, as really? far as heat for me. Yeah, I thought it was wasn't humid. humid. I didn't think it, it wasn't too bad, no. But so before we get into more of the temples, let's talk about the. So we flew, mm-hmm. and then it was hilarious. So. I gotta say this. So we talked about last week, Jim, but you, you missed out. I'm sorry. So I bought those bottles of Mekong, Mekong, you know, from <laughs> right. China, which made it all the way through Cambodia, all the way through Vietnam and back to the States. And we cracked into it last week to test it out. And, um, by the way, the surprising part about it making back wasn't customs. It was the fact that they didn't <laughs> drink it. <laughs> but this is what's funny. So we were teasing that the airport in CMRE, Kind of reminds me of a Howard Johnson hotel. Yeah, uh, I've never heard of put that. That's so right. It is small scale. The small scale. It's kind of had that little point like a Howard Johnson. Yeah, an orange roof. Yeah, an orange roof. Dark brown bottle. We flew into a hojo. Are they still around? I don't even know. I don't know. All right. So if if our listeners don't know what those are, you can Google it and probably find some old pictures. Hotel chain. This is much though. So you know. As with most of Southeast Asia, you know, you either have some type of um, visa or kind of a in, an in and out kind of card, and we filled that in. And I didn't have our hotel location because, again, Cambodia really didn't have a street. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized once we got inside, I'm like, I'm just putting the hotel down, and we'll just see what custom says. <laughs> but what happened was, is I so I have my little bag of my liquor, you know, because I got got it through. Uh, what do you call it when you're in the airport? Customs. Uh, no, the uh, uh, oh, duty-free shop. Duty right? yeah. So I set it up on the counter, and I'm finishing filling out my card. I think Jim Scott and I were the first ones off, and, and, and Jim and Reed and Terry were a little further back, so they were behind us. So we already got up through our line and walked through, and I'm over there at the lag- luggage carousel, which literally is right behind the customs. I mean, it's right there. And all of a sudden, I was like, where's my liquor? And I'm like, did I leave it on the plane? I said, oh, my God, I left it on the table. And I walked right. back to the customs table, and Jim and Terry are, are just getting ready to go through it. I was like, can you guys go over there and get that for me while we're talking? And the guy at customs turned around and looked at me and goes, eh, go ahead. And I kind of looked at him like, what? <laughs> You're going to let me just walk back through customs and go over and grab my liquor and then walk right back? And he, I literally did. I walked back, crossed through the lines, grabbed my bag of liquor, came back through and Wave to him and just went right back. Well, there you have it. Wow. There it is. I was like, there is. That's got to be the only place (laughs) in the entire world that would let you leave. That that would happen, right? (laughs) 
you know what was interesting about customs there is when Terry and I came through, like you said, just a couple minutes after you, we walked in, looked around, tried to figure out where to go because we already had our visas in advance. And one of the security guards came up to us and said, hey, if you give us $5 each, we'll take you right here and you don't have to wait in line. You can go right through. And I looked over and there was three people in the line I'm like, no, that's okay. We'll go over here. And he's like, okay, if you think so. And when we got up to the regular place to go through, there's a big sign that said regular visa, no additional money need to be paid here. <laughs> so you know, apparently that's a, you know, a semi-legitimate do-it-every-day type of bribe situation for Cambodia. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jim and I actually uh, kind of circumvented that. Yeah. They were pointing us to the line that was that. And then there was a couple other lines that didn't have any. We got in the other line, and then we just kind of, we didn't know, but hey. So then, yeah, so we get out of there. You guys, I think you and Terry went and got your SIM cards and then yeah. uh, got our guy from our well, hotel. We had arranged for a pickup from the hotel. Uh, the hotel to arranged to pick us up. We assumed it would be a van or a car or something. <laughs> yeah, Jim, did, were you the one who sent the email to him, right, that said, hey, by the way. Big Americans. Yeah. Americans with <laughs> luggage. Right? Can you send a van? And nope, they showed up with two tuk tuk. Two tuk. Well, really? One tuk tuk. <laughs> one tuk tuk. <laughs> oh no, other one's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we at least got a van when we were there, Jim. That's You're right. Special. I am special. Yeah. So we we did our tuk tuk ride from the airport to the hotel, which Eric, I guess you stayed at too. That's yes. The La Da Kiri. La Kiri. La Da Kiri. Is that how you say it, Jim? Uh huh. Alakiri Boutique Hotel, which is right in the, I guess, the old section of Siem Reap. Jim, you were talking about, which was interesting, and I know you rode with Along uh, a dirt Jim road. Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Terry and I rode in a tuk-tuk, and, and Jim and Jim rode in a tuk-tuk, and he was telling me about, like, your all's first trip was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And the difference between how much Siem Reap has exploded from a tourist standpoint and the number of hotels you know, there's like now big resorts on the outskirts, which I imagine that's kind of where families and, you know, if you're going to go, it's, you know, it's a big place, but you're not in the downtown area where we were. There's only a couple of little small boutique hotels that were in that area, but places just exploded. I guess seven years ago, there was only a, which is still big, like a million a year and yeah. now it's like four million. Maybe explain the, incredible. explain the difference you've seen over the time. Well, you know, it's just that it's sort of spread out more. As you said, there's so many more hotels at all different price points and levels, like Pub Street, which is the big party street. I think when we first went there in 2012, it was basically about two blocks long, and every single place was just the same thing, thumping disco music, classes in Khmer cuisine, if you wanted to take them, people milling about. Now, Pub Street seems like it goes for about four blocks in a couple different directions, many more hotels, stores, 7-Elevens, you know, everything you could possibly need. Clearly, the infrastructure has benefited from the increase in tourists. Yeah. Is it, still, is it still continuing to expand? A lot of construction still ongoing? It seems to be, yeah. Well, I mean, on our rides out to the temples, I mean, there was – Constant construction. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just constant construction. What I found unique, or I, well, I didn't know what to expect. So I don't know what I thought was unique or not, but 
and we talked about a few times, it was sort of like the Wild West. Because you had a lot of restaurants. You had the massage parlors, the, the bars. I mean, there was a ton of stuff to be able to do. Mm-hmm. The night markets, the pub street, all this. But you would, other than the pub street area, most would, there was no sidewalks. Some were dirt roads, some were semi-paved roads. It was just the, the infrastructure, and it sounded like it's come a long way, still was way behind. Oh, yeah, it's a very state. third world-ish. Well, yeah. Talk about the, uh, the, you know, the way that it's just sort of popping up. You guys, uh, I think, Tony, you found that uh, bar across the street from the one place we like to eat and drink, My Five Sons. That uh, basically the guy talked the owner of the building into letting him set up in his, you know, front little niche there. A, what was it, $1 shot of liquor? Yeah, this guy was crazy. He was from Australia, right? Big Australia. Australia. (laughs) Crazy Australia. He came there four years ago, never left. And then then he befriended the, yeah, so the restaurant across from Five Sons. Up just a little yeah. bit from there. Yeah, so brick oven pizza, by the way, in CMR. Right. <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. good. Crazy combinations. We'll talk about that one. Okay. But yeah, right across the street. So imagine a street front little section that probably would hold like two or three tables. We convinced the owner to take that out and just put up almost like just a standing bar that you would buy to put in your house, right? It's like Lucy's psychiatric stand, you know, uh, yeah. psychiatric health. Five cents only. This is shots of liquor for a right. And there's no, cause there's no mixers. There's nothing. It's whatever liquor he decides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like ten, ten, ten bottles. On and the he bar. puts it up on the shelf, and it's a dollar shot. <laughs> and here's what he said when we said we went over and talked to him. He goes, "All right, I try to get to work around five in the evening, <laughs> but." I may not make it. I like his business. And he goes, and I leave when I'm ready to. I'm either too drunk or I feel like I need to leave. That's a hell of a job. (laughs) I was like, wow. So it sounds like he's doing shots as well. Oh, yeah. 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 He did shots with us. (laughs) It was. It was was Wild West. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of crazy. Going in, I mean, I remember... In a fun way. Yeah, it was a fun way. It was. And I got a cool little videos on the phones, and I'm still in in the process of editing all that stuff, but, I mean, the potholes, and that we were teasing, like, when we get back home, anybody complains about potholes, and we're like, shut up. <laughs> you have no idea. You can lose an elephant in some of these. And, I mean, <laughs> and an elephant's pretty damn big. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was crazy. And they, they're flying down the road, and all of a sudden, they just veer off to the side because a van's coming through. Where did the van come from? I don't know. And then, boom, they're back out there, and they're just weaving around people. But, and, and this was the case, I think, for all of Southeast Asia, when you're whether you're a pedestrian or you're riding in a tuk-tuk or, or driving a regular vehicle, nobody stops. You just kind of meander one way or the other, and everybody has enough awareness that they do the same thing. Nobody actually stops. You just sort of keep That's going. That's hit. Yeah, you stop. That's the way that he calls it, uh, Apollo. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> but so the hotel, I mean, Jim, I guess you you found this one right several years ago. A lot of curious. Well, Terry and I both found this one from the trip a couple years ago, and we looked around for about a month uh, as we were getting ready for this trip and just couldn't find anything as centrally located for the same price, which, uh, you know, gosh, what was it? It was like uh, 35 40 bucks a night for two people. Oh, yeah. So 20 bucks each with breakfast included. Right. So let's be clear. Would you would you classify that as a three- or four-star uh, four hotel? Star four-star, four right. Star, Absolutely. Yeah. Nice pool. And nice just, amenities. And, and we awesome. talked about this before. I mean, all Southeast Asia is very 
Dollar friendly. Well, I was going to say just friendly from a service perspective. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But the people in Cambodia, especially in Siem Reap, I mean, very, very, very much accommodating, accommodating and very yeah. service oriented. And I mean, even to, you know, we get off of our tuk tuks and roll in. I mean, they're taking our luggage. They're sitting them there. They set us down in a couch. They're they're serving us tea, little drinks while they're getting everything right. kind of ready and, and organizing everything. And then they take us to our rooms and set us all in. I mean, it was just top notch. Yeah, right. fabulous pool. I oh, mean, the pool was, was spectacular. I know, right? Great pool, isn't it? Great I know. pool. Right, yeah. and 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 you guys have it perfectly set up. You go, you do the tours till noon, one, two o'clock. You come back, it's too hot to do anything, and you just relax in the pool yeah, for two, great. three hours. It's really well, first you get a mojito down at five. Oh, signs. sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot that. Too. Then you go to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go back to all right. So we roll in our talk tests, we get all settled in, and then we went out and just kind of meandered. Yeah. Right? yeah and, uh, so we're only like a block away from one of the the beginnings of the night market, which is kind of interesting in that there. Because of the heat, there's so many markets that are they're not open over the day. They don't start until five or six o'clock in the in the evening. Right. And then so we found a great little place right at the top of that one street, which is again like two blocks from the hotel. And again, we had been through four straight days of massaging. So <laughs> it's it fresh on our mind. We're like, all right, we gotta find a massage. Right, you gotta keep it going. Yeah, so we found a place and it was two dollars. Right. I mean it was just spectacular. You give them three bucks and it was oh, man. heaven on earth. I think this is the place that Terry didn't fall asleep, right? Yes. Uh, well, which one didn't he fall asleep at? Some did, some they remembered it. They definitely recognized him the next yeah. day, but it was cool. They, uh, again, kind of a similar all outdoor underneath of a roof, but still mm-hmm. open air facing. And right. They had a TV screen. I have no idea what the hell was playing on that, but it was there. <laughs> We had to give a plug to my five. Was it five? had a history of the temples or somebody told that me was about out it. Yeah. That was out when we went to Bante Shrey. Okay. Yeah. Right? Well, no, but the, I mean, during the massage. Yeah, oh, that okay. was, that was while we were having lunch that day. But during the massage, they, they had, it was, I think it was the same video because I remember seeing it. Ah, okay. Yeah. So. That was also the place they had, which we didn't do, but Eric, you said you did on your trip. There's a ton of places there, which we didn't see in Bangkok, but was definitely in Siem Reap, was the fish. Oh, the, uh, the footman, the, 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 they eat the dead skin off of you. Right. That was also $2. Right. Um, stick your foot in a big pile of water and let the fish eat all the dead skin off your feet. But you guys didn't do that. No, we didn't. I did that. Eric, we did that when we were there. So how was it? I mean, you know, it's <laughs> stick your feet in water and all the little fish and Thousands of them take your feet and eat all the dead skin off of your feet. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to describe. I guess it feels just like that. I mean, it, tick, <laughs> it tickles some people, but me, it didn't bother. Uh, it uh, makes Terry laugh and giggle like, like a little girl. Did they have that going on? Yes. Oh, did they? Yeah. What kind of fish are they? You They're know? just really little fit. I mean, really little. Some are. So called I can't. I know. I'm sitting here giving a sigh. <laughs> I just realized what I was doing. The little fish. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, they're microscopic. Some of them are so small. Not microscopic, but they're little um, incandescent. Guppies. Some of them are. I don't even know what they are. They're just small fish. They're probably like an inch to two inches. Yeah. Some are goldfish. They can, yeah. you know, I don't know. 
It was pretty funny. I, I contemplated doing it, but I did. Yeah, I did it, and I liked it. And Jim, you said that 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 also made Terry giggle. Oh yeah, just like a little girl. We've got a videotape somewhere of him from our first trip back in 2012. Just sitting there, he could keep his feet in for maybe about 20 seconds before he just yanked him out. By the way, they're called Gara Rufa. All right. Also, also referred to as Doctor Fish. And I did not look that up on Google. What did you look it up on? Uh, my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but that, so that was our first night, right? Yep. So then we we went to Pub Street, hung out, and then the beer's there. So Anchor, which we didn't have in, in, in Bangkok, right? So the Anchor beer. Good beer. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so we went down to um, Pub Street, found a, you know, right on the street, place to sit down, chill out. I forget the name of that place. Jim, do you remember the name of the place? No idea. Yeah, no. it was it was like three or four restaurants in on what, the street. But. What amazed me about Kim, but Anchor Wat, that particular street was, you know, you have a dirt street, you know, and it's just, it's really cool. It's almost like a beach town kind of five feel is what yeah. I thought when I was there, like an American beach town with, you know, I enjoyed it. I went a little too far into the Jameson. Well, I'll so. say what was funny, though, is when we started it in Bangkok, we were paying you know, roughly <coughs> 75 cents to a dollar a beer. Right. And as our trip progressed, it slowly goes down in price. <coughs> so now we're doing anchor beer and yeah, but 50, 50 cents, 75 cents. Depending on where you sat, but but it's still it was good beer, and we hung out there, and then guess what? That was pretty much it for that first night. Right? That, well, that, then we went to the the wood the pizza place, and uh, Jim and I oh, took it easy right. because right. we knew we had to get up early for temples. Yeah, so the whole plan was we were there for three <laughs> days to visit the temples. So the next day we were going to do a temple start our day. Figured we had what from eight o'clock until about one. We had organized Tuck Tuck to take us in. Yeah, so up around 7, 7.30. Yeah, so we, we, we head off Pub Street, and we head back towards our hotel, and that's where we found that brick oven place, mm-hmm. across from the place that Jim mentioned, right? So we eat our crazy pizzas. I don't even know what the hell we had. Jim, you had gator and something on yours? Yeah, it was crocodile on mine. Yeah. Crocodile on your pizza? Yes. Yeah. You had crocodile pizza? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had crocodile pizza before? Can't say that I have. Right? Now that's crazy. How how was it, Jim? You know, it was kind of stringy, not very strong. It was just like chicken. (laughs) Chicken pizza. But we, so there, you know, the four of us, we ordered four different types of pizzas and just tried them all out. We're sitting there and, you know, so again, at this point, it's like 11, 12 o'clock. Grown men, it's close to midnight. And so we're all thinking, and I don't want to get too much into this, but it's kind of funny. We're all thinking it's about time to roll up. And, but Terry's like, I want to go over and check out this shop place. We're watching this. <laughs> well, well, me and, and the other Jim decided that, you know, we knew better needed to go and, and get our rest and, and all that. And then Terry said, well, I'm not ready to go home, and you're never ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> He's pointing at Tony. So you all work from here. Let's the be clear. From here. It was not my idea. <laughs> And the blame game comes up. It was not my idea. From what I understand, after we left, 
you all decided you had ten bucks between you. <laughs> ten dollars. And at fifty cents a beer, Terry figured, let's go till the ten bucks is gone. That's exactly what he said. So yeah. in Cambodia, at least I think it's it's definitely a CM rebound if it's throughout Cambodia, they use the US dollar. Yes. I would say as far as travel tips, thank you, Jim Reed, for this. Get yourself fresh, crisp one hundred dollar bills or one dollar bills. <laughs> there you go. And just take them. Because and the crisp part is the part that I don't think I paid enough attention to or didn't realize. I mean I had crisp one dollar bills, but if they've got a little wrinkle or a little old. tear or they're old they or worn, they won't take them. Yeah, because some of the machines. No, oh, all people. people. All the people. Oh, really? Right. The, 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 the banks them. won't take them. Their oh. banks won't take them. And, it, and it, for those listeners, for the listeners out there, what's amazing about CM Reap is, I guess Jim, because their money machines can't handle their money because of the paper right. weird. It doesn't it go. Clogs it, up. it clogs it up. So when you go and you you can get American dollars out of their ATM in CM Reap, Cambodia. Yeah, by the way, you get it, you ask for $100, it gives you a $100 bill. Right. A <laughs> $100 bill. And the problem with that is nobody can't cash a $100 bill. Yeah, you can't change it. So, I, yeah. I literally took a uh, packet of $101 bills and probably came back with 35 of them still in, in the packet. Well, that's, that's how little you spend there for the moment. <laughs> if you were with Terry and I, we would have spent your 35. So, so getting back to this, you know, Tony and Terry deciding to stay out a little longer and the, the thought process of saying, well, we've just got $10 left. Let's just drink 50 cent beers until the $10 is gone. Just so for any of our listeners out there that's not really great at math, that that'll be 10 beers a piece. Okay. So let's well, that just sideways. Let, yeah, so that anyway. was sideways because Jim and Jim went home and then Terry said, well, let's stop at the shop place. That's a dollar. <laughs> that's a dollar. Oh, okay. oh, all right. Well, well so it ate up a little bit more. Of your well, money. that's if you do one. Yeah. <laughs> And again, this is all Terry. I'm going to throw him square in the bus. <laughs> he's not, it was not my idea. So I was like, okay, I'll go with you, of course. Right? You didn't turn him down. No, I didn't. So we go over there, and then he picks a shot. So we hit. We started a conversation with, and there was another couple who was also from Australia. They met this guy a few few days ago. They've been there for like four or five days. They extended their stay. They were actually here like two nights, and this is like their fourth night. So they just, you know, kind of fell in love with like the town and the vibe and it was just kind of funny. So we, we did a shot and then that's two bucks. And then Terry says, let's do another one. <laughs> and Terry doesn't do shots. Right. Ever. Ever. So now we're on a second shot. It's because they're never a bucket piece. You have <laughs> anywhere in the world. Right. I, I did shots of Jaeger for a dollar. Wow. wow. Right. How do you not do it? I, right. Do. How you it's not there is a dollar. Right. And then, then, then we talked for another well, 10 minutes, and then Terry goes, okay, let's do a third. <laughs> what? All right. So we do a third shot. Now we spent six of our $10. Six uh, uh, of really now fun. we're down to four bucks. He's <laughs> just trying to get the money. <laughs> so, I know his tag. And then it's funny. So then, then we they were walking up, and then we stop at another place, and we have a beer. So there goes a dollar. Now we're down to three. And then the thing that threw it off, we stopped to another place. Oh, I can't remember the name of that. It was like Mickey's. Mickey's. Thank you. <laughs> Mickey's. Mickey from, uh, from Rocky. From Rocky. 
the, the Mickey, trainer. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it was <laughs> named after. Oh, you have a pool kidding. table. It was hilarious. We go in there, but it, it was seventy-five cents a beer. Oh, uh, <laughs> now we got a dollar. You really got to use your math head. And it's like we're blown. We oh. how do we do this? We you know oh. we're down to four bucks. We just blew a dollar fifty. Math's all off. What a kerfuffle! crazy. So my suggestion was let's go home. Terry <laughs> <laughs> wanted nothing of it. Oh. No, 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 no. We got to spend our money. We can only spend this so many ways now. Finally, it was, well, let's just go get more money. <laughs> Great idea. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to just call this a tie as far as us hanging out? Because he was like, no, I'm going to hang out longer than you. I'm like, no, let's just go home. <laughs> nope. So we roll in. It's what? Oh, we're at 2 o'clock is what I remember. Yeah, more like yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm, I need to get more money. Right back out the door. <laughs> Because, you know, you, you, leave, you don't think you spend that right. much, so we only rolled out. Like I so said, we had 10 bucks. I reach in, get more of my $1 stacks. Right. <laughs> wow. Right? It's kind of funny. And then we head out. Next thing you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm still telling Terry, you think we should go home? <laughs> we have to hit a tuck-tuck at, like, 8 o'clock. Yeah, like 7, 7.30. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. I was like, okay, fine. And it is funny. It, we went through this back and forth. It's called a tie, and it 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 turned into pretty late. And I brought Terry home, and we went <laughs> in our separate beds. He didn't make it on the temple run the next morning. Mm. Big surprise. Yeah, but did he even make it to breakfast? To, to Tony's credit, they roll in around five. Oh. And I'm waking his butt up at six forty-five because we need to hit breakfast at seven to catch Tuck Tuck at whatever somebody who. It, 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 after the, the initial couple, you know, Tony get up, Tony get up. He popped up, got a shower, and rolled. How was that day? And rolled all day. I'm glad it's a video. <laughs> Can you not remember? Because <laughs> it was funny when I went back and watched the video. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that video. It was a little bit of a bar. It, it was a long evening. Thank God for video. Yeah. Right? But he did it with full, I, I gave him this proper. He did it with full energy. Yes. He, he, it. he may not have been. But, <laughs> I but he was fully engaged and, and all that. Wasn't like dozing off in the tuck tucks or anything like that. It was great. I mean, he was totally engaged. So Jim, Jim and I, we organized our tuck tuck. Um, you know, so it's funny. So when you get there, the temples are, again, yeah, it's a huge grounds. And most of the tuck tuck drivers, if you look at a map, they have like the little map. So they'll share it with you at the airport. You can do the small loop, kind of a large loop, and then like an all-inclusive, what takes you out to the couple places that we end up going. And Jim said, hey, I want to do the small loop with you guys. I want to do Anchor Watt, and then we'll do a couple of the, on that tight loop today, but I'm probably not going to do it tomorrow. So the three of us did that, and then so we went to Anchor Watt and then to Bayonne, right? Is that how you say it, Bayonne? Yes. Yeah. So Anchor Watt, again, we talked about it earlier. It's just, I mean, what – a facility. Yeah, to walk up on it for the very first time. Yeah, it's just you're just so it's so large. You're so special. again, Versailles. In a different way, you think 600 acres of Versailles. You think of the same type of thing, but just a lot earlier in time. You know what I mean? Well, it was just a phenomenal. Yeah. Civilization. Complex. Yeah. And and you know that just that built that. And I, you know what I thought was really neat about all the temples is just how steep the steps are. Because yeah. back then, 
they were smaller in stature. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they you look at the doorways that you go through, that you have to go through, they're like five foot. Yeah, they were um, monkey people. <laughs> well, size wise, they were very short. Um, hey, watch it. Hey, I know you're, you're, you're very good challenge. <laughs> but the steps were very, very, very steep. They were. I mean, it was just really kind of amazing. But all the stone carvings, though, throughout that temple. Incredible, uh, right? Yeah, the wall carving. <laughs> Yeah. The stories they told, the, the wars they fought, uh, very, very interesting, very neat. But I have to say, all right, so Jim, you ready for this? we got to lead in with the monkeys. The monkeys, oh God. You, you ready for the monkey story? We're going to be right, we're right around the corner of the monkey story. The, one of the amazing things about Anchor Wat is, so people who imagine castles, you always have the moat. Well, imagine <laughs> lake size moats. Yes. Four uh, miles. A uh, four mile. Yeah. Four miles. <laughs> We're talking huge. Around the facility. Around the entire facility. Four mile by four mile. Right. So to you protect did, it. So once you get, it's incredible. Once you roll up on the place and then you have to walk in, but then it was kind of funny. So there's monkeys and the family of monkeys are playing. I think the three of us sat there and filmed it and took oh, a picture yeah. of 15, 20 minutes and they were Some of the funniest pictures playing with the trash can and ripping out trash. Trash bag and having a blast. It was hilarious. Stealing bags from people. Yeah. So instead of doing our normal food sure. story, right. we're going to do a little special monkey story. Oh, all right. right. No food story, so, you know, monkey the, story. The only, thing, the only person I know who's ever had a monkey is Jim Reed. Oh. Yep. So, Jim, <laughs> please tell us the story about owning your monkey. I can't believe I'd never told Tony or Jim the story before. And after we went to Anchor Wat, having just seen the monkeys, we you know went across the way, got three beers and a coconut, and started talking about monkeys. And I said, well, you know, I once had a monkey. And, you know, they're horrible things to, to own. And they said, well, you know, Tony kind of looked at me and said, well, I want to hear more about this monkey. And so I told him the story. It was back, I must have been about 12, 13 years old. My father came home with a monkey one day. He was working in Baltimore. We were about 70 miles away. He came back with a monkey strapped to the back of his motorcycle and <laughs> brought it in and said, well, Children, we now own a monkey. Her name was Chucky. She was a little rhesus monkey. She'd been the pet of one of the guys that my stepfather worked with. And the guy had retired to go out to sea, he wanted to live on a boat on the Chesapeake. And so for whatever reason, he decided he couldn't take the monkey with him anymore. So we got the monkey, which was just fine. The only problem was the guy who had owned Chucky was an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, we were Southern Baptists at the time. So the monkey had been used to taking a shot of whiskey every night with its owner and uh, was pretty addicted to the sauce by that point in its life. (laughs) Being good Southern Baptists, my uh, stepfather and mother decided that it was time to put Chucky on the wagon. So (laughs) we cut him off right there, you know, no, you know, half step or, you know, anything like that. No, it was cold turkey and not the, you know. Uh, not uh, the kind of turkey he really wanted. <laughs> so uh, put him on the wagon, dried him out, and every moment after that, he hated us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he just looked at us as you know some nasty uh, Southern Baptist who uh, only wanted to make him suffer. <laughs> the only person that Chucky respected was my stepfather. The rest of us, you know, he'd come over, he'd grab us by the hair and then make us sit there for an hour while he went looking through our hair for bugs. Never found any, I'll tell you. But, uh, you know, you couldn't move. 
And if you moved, he'd bite you. I've still got scars on my knees from that damn monkey. <laughs> uh, he'd steal your car keys and stick it in the back of the pouch in his mouth. And you know, there's nothing you could do. You had to wait until he decided he wanted to uh, spit it back out. And yes, they do fling poo. Well, one day after my stepfather left for work, Chucky sort of lost it for whatever reason. He went on a tear, just started bouncing all around the downstairs and, uh, you know, just attacking my little sister, just going nuts. So the only thing I could do is I, I grabbed him by the scruff of his, I'm sorry, grabbed her by the scruff of her neck and threw her into the downstairs bathroom and locked the door. <laughs> it just heard bouncing around in there periodically during the day and then it was quiet. By the time my stepfather got home and opened up the door, Chucky had opened up the medicine closet, oh. pried off the lids on all the medicines, you know, oh. taken God knows what, eaten all the uh, lipsticks, smeared it over her face. <laughs> <laughs> basically looked like a little John Belushi laying <laughs> on her back on the bathroom floor, passed out. We were really poor back then. This was, you know, uh, West Virginia, 1970s. And oh, God. God, if it happened today, we would have taken her right to the vet. But back God, then... It sort of, didn't exist, did it? <laughs> yeah, it did. That idea wasn't <laughs> anywhere in our heads. It was, let's shove her back in her cage, put her down in the root cellar, let's see what happens. Yes. Kind of touch and go, but after about two weeks, she rallied and got up and, you know, came back to life. But she always sort of looked like a veteran with that thousand-yard stare in her eyes. <laughs> Just, you, you knew something was off. She'd seen things, man, and she didn't want to talk about them. That monkey had been through stuff. <laughs> that monkey had been through hell. After, you know, another year, we figured, well, maybe she needs a new start with somebody else. So we took her over to the Boonesboro Livestock Auction, where she was sold in between the goats and uh, I think it was the chickens that night. My last memory was of her trying to attack the auctioneer who was standing there with a cane, you know, trying to say, oh, look at this cute little monkey. I got to pet her and nearly getting his finger bit off. So (laughs) wherever you are. I'm sorry, uh, you deserved much better. If it worked today, I would pour the shots myself for you, even if they cost a dollar in Cambodia. Yeah. So get the so we're, we just finished touring Anchor Wat, and you know, hour or two in, into the morning, and you come back across, and and now at this point, there's all these places that built up. They're selling little trinkets, and you can buy coconuts. food, and you can buy two beers and a coconut. Yeah. So, which is what we did. Well, three beers. Three beers and a coconut. Oh, sorry. And then Jim breaks into the story about him. I'm like, I'm just losing it. I am laughing, belly laughing. And I'm like, I have never heard such a story. I'm like, oh, this has got to come up. It's like the best story ever. Yeah. Best monkey story ever. Oh, my God. That is awesome. So, anyway, so we go past that. So we leave, we get back in our tuk tuk, and then we head to one of the other closed temples, which is Bayon. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the monkey temple. That is right, right, Joe? Is That's that the monkey the, temple? No, that, no, no. That's no. the one with all the faces. That's uh, Bante Shrine, right? Oh, Bante Shrine. I think you're right. So Bayon is uh, just past. Got all the faces. Yeah, that has all the faces in the wall. All right. And and, and a gorgeous bridge um, yes. leading into it with all the faces and the. Of the I, I, people that are lined up along the sides. Yeah, one um, were like demons, and the other side was 
I forget the exact I remember the story, Jim. You remember the story? Anyway, they're pulling on like a large snake. Oh. Yeah, Jim, do you remember the story on that? On the bridge going into um, Bayou? Yeah, Yeah, it's the uh, snake, the churning of a sea of milk. One of their creation stories where God is trying to create good and evil or more good to counteract the evil. And so they're doing this tug of war on a snake at the bottom of the ocean and, and churning the sea of milk, as they said, to, to create a balance in the universe. It's a, it's a pattern you see a lot. You see the snake in front of uh, the old entryway to Angkor Wat as well. So that's a motif that repeats itself a lot in the Khmer art. Yeah. yeah something I want to jump back in, I, I totally forgot. So, <laughs> Jim, we were separated when Jim Scott and I were doing our tour of Angkor Wat, and Again, it's such a large facility, and, and we're walking through, and one of the sections, there was monks, two monks. They're doing prayers and blessings, and I was just going to donate money and, and walked up to throw it in, and they were like, no, 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 no. took off our shoes, kneeled mm-hmm. down, and got blessings. Yep. Yeah. It's cool. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, I think we're both still wearing the bracelets. Yeah. They, um, oh. they hand make yeah. There, when you get the blessing, they tie one on to your wrist, and and, and saying is very cool. They they take these little like elephant tail type things. Like you see Eddie Murphy when coming to America that he was waiting oh, for, right. uh, and I guess put it in their holy water. And they douse you with it, which with it was like degrees, it felt great. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was truly a blessing. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty awesome. I was like, how many people do you know who've been blessed by? Uh, and Tony, you clearly needed that karma because uh, you're going to tell everybody what happened next when we got oh, to please, the next please. temple. What? Uh, which one? Uh, when we got to Bayon, if you remember from a few podcasts back when we talked about Cambodia, I mentioned how John Ribble did the 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 sin of uh, leaving his pass in the tuk tuk. When we got there, and so he couldn't get into Bayon. He had to try to run back and find the tuk-tuk owner uh, so that he could find that pass, you know, because th- they really do check when you walk into things. And, Tony, what happened to your pass? Oh, my God. Again, <laughs> one of these crazy stories that you just never would believe what happened. So when, when you get your pass, they send a picture of you. Yes. Right? And they, and I almost they, brought and that for the Chopsky. It, it's, it's your printed pass. Because it's a multi-temple pass, so you get to go through it, and we bought it, and so all of a sudden we show up at <laughs> to to this temple, and I'm digging through my pockets, I'm like, son of a bitch, it's gone. I bet it came out when we were having three beers and coconut. <laughs> <laughs> three beers and coconut, and vendors selling the scarves. Yes, a whole lot of scarf a lot of negotiating, a whole lot of money coming in and out, and so then we get over here to 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 Bayonne, and. And now I don't have a pass. I'm like shit. Like I just pulled a ribble. Damn. <laughs> right. So now I got. I can't. I can't do this. The guys are already in. So I kind of like sneak around with where they're checking it, and I, I make it through. I'm like, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do now. Because Jim and I didn't know he didn't have. It. I didn't know. Yeah, you were already, already passed. You were already in. <laughs> so I got through. I'm like, but well, I guess I'm gonna have to buy another pass to get for this. And so we go through the whole thing, and then we get back out, and we're talking to our tuck tuck guy. And you know, at this point, it's about. One o'clock, and you know it's hot, and we're like, you know, I think we're done for the day. Let's just go ahead and head back. And I, I tell him that I lost my pass. Lo and behold, this dude is grabbing the people that work there. They're making phone calls, blah blah blah. 
they call it, we said, I think it happened over at Anchor Watt, and I think this is about where we were. He goes, I think we got it. You're kidding. I was like, no way. I'm thinking we're going to roll back in there. I'm paying like a little yeah. finder's fee, and they're going to give me another pass or mm-hmm. something. Roll in. He drives us all the way back to Anchor Watt, jump out, walks me up, go up. Two of the security guards, they point out, it is actually my pass. Oh, my God. My picture on it. Oh, my shit. I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, Cambodia loves me. <laughs> I mean, I just got my duty-free liquor, you know, I walked back through. And right. now I find my pass. I mean, in the middle of writers, how many thousands of people go through there a day? No way this is going to be a bad trip. How does that happen? Right, right yeah. I mean, really, how does that happen? You keep right, he's going on one hour sleep. Yes. <laughs> It was just, it was totally amazing. Right? And those passes are what, like $20 a day, 25 bucks a day oh. for three yeah. days? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought I was going to buy another one, but I was like, since we're talking about that, maybe kind of let people know how you go about getting those and what you should do and who you should contact. And, you know, people are like, well, you get, you're talking about these passes. How did you get them? The Jay- tuk driver will take you there the very first day. They already know the whole scheme. They go in. There are multiple windows. You know, you're in and out in about 15 minutes. Uh, you just pay your money, get your picture, and they give you a pass. Every day or longer pass. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say, Jim, you, you guys gave us good advice. And the good thing about this, so when you go, I mean, when you do the temple, you're definitely going to do it via tuk-tuk. And it's a motorized scooter, you know, attached. But you get your guy, and if you say, hey, I'm going to do this two, three days, whatever it may be, that's your guy. Right. You know, Keep him. You find your guy, you hook him up, and Keep him. it's spectacular. And what's kind of bizarre is, you, you know, you pay that fee kind of through the hotel yeah. for it, but it's really kind of a, an honor system because, to be honest, yeah. you know, we rolled in the first day. He has no idea. We say we're going to do the small loop. Okay, that's $15 for the day mm-hmm. for all three of us, by the way. Yeah. My dumbass thought that was per person. <laughs> so by the second day, when Jim and Jim Scott and I, you know, Jim has been this, done this a couple times, so we were like, we want to go see all these other places. And the guy was like, hey, that's on the outer loop. That's $25. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, between the two of us, oh, okay, I got 40 bucks into this. This is fine. I never realized it was $40 for the whole, the whole thing. thing bro. <laughs> I know, right? Your money goes a long oh, way in Canada. I yeah. felt the guy was so awesome. He finds my pass mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And the things he did for us oh, he, on a second day, right. which we're ready to talk about, he took care of us and did all the stuff, took us, got us food, gave us water. $20 tip felt yeah. absolutely, right. absolutely appropriate. Right. $20 tip. Right. $50%. $40 for the the two days, uh-huh. he just got a 20 hour tip. Uh-huh. He was ecstatic. Right. Yeah. Sure. But it was well worked. Oh my God. Yeah. Great. He was. But so again, that, so that, that was our first day. And then Jim, tell us yeah. about the restaurant that you booked. That was a uh, mango yeah. cuisine. Yeah. One of the things that really is surprising about CM Reap is uh, of all the things you can do, there's so much cheap food to eat, but there are also these amazing high end, Restaurants, And I think we found about three of them so far that we really love. We went to two of them this time. The first one was uh, called Mango Cuisine, sort of a Nouvelle French cuisine place. The second one was uh, Wat Damnak, which is out by uh, one of the churches and graveyards uh, just on the other side of the little river there. 
And so we had reservations for both of those places. And you have to have reservations because they are very small, you know, just a, you know, what, maybe about a dozen, 15 uh, tables to seat during the, you know, at any one time. Right. So they might, they might seven and five people throughout the night. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Big. And uh, so we got the reservations well in advance. It was easy to do over, uh, you know, the Internet through email. I think the average meal that we got at these two places for like a six or seven course tasting menu was, uh, you know, what, about $30 and throw in an extra 15 for either the pairing with the wine or for an extra bottle of wine that we that we shared and you know, for under 50, you got a meal that would have been well over 100 in any, any place in the States. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Don't you, right? I, I feel the same way. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the meals that stick out in my mind over all the travels that I've done is that meal at, uh, I was with you, Jim, at, um, the, what uh, damn neck? What damn neck? Yes. And I was, I'm, I'm to this day, I'm impressed with that meal. Yeah. So Mango Cuisine is, is so the, the first one, that first night we went to, that was the one where we had a true wine pairing. Oh, okay. Um, so the meal, I think, again, I think it was like 20 some bucks and mm-hmm. then the pairing was also 20 some bucks. But when we say wine pairing, it was equivalent to about a bottle and a half a person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they gave you a full glass of wine with seven courses. <laughs> Isn't that great? I, know. I was like, what? <laughs> it spoils you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's right. Really crazy. Um, and, and in both places, the presentation of each meal was so carefully uh, done. Yeah, I'm going to share one of the pictures, and, and we all have had a little, had a, you know, there was a, a little bit of choices in it, and I know several of us got equivalent of the steak, the filet, and it was a smoked filet, and, you know, so if you have, like, a smoky cocktail, which we see a lot in the, you know, the concoctions we get, and they had this whole smoke underneath of a, of a dish over top of the steak, when, so when they served it, they brought it out, and then they pulled that top off, and of course the smoke goes crazy, and mm. then you're left with this gorgeous fillet. Nice. It was, presentation was yeah, just right. hands down spot on, man. spot on. Awesome. Along with the flavor, you know, you know, that was twenty-seven dollars. I would pay twenty-seven dollars just for the steak. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty awesome. And uh, in both places, you know, the chef came out and talked to us, and yeah. it was just fantastic experiences. I. We came away from Wat Damnak, of all things, buying packets of salt. Where the hell do you ever do that? Uh, we'll talk about it. We got to talk about it. We can hit on that, and then we can hit back to okay. our, our – um, Yeah, do that now. Yeah, let's hit on that. So that second restaurant said so – what is the name of that again, Jim? Wat Damnak. Wat Damnak. Mm-hmm. Wat Damnak. Yeah. So they had two different pairings, and two of us got each. Right. And, I mean, they were – I mean, just absolutely spectacular. Deep tongue. Yeah, it was crazy good food. We'll save that for, uh, for, uh, intricate, uh, one of the, the most, like Jim was saying about the salt. So when the meal is completely done, the chef literally brings out a tray, a wooden tray that has a multitude of fruit and this whole line. I mean, if you look at the 80s, it looks like a cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> From one end of the board to the next, that is the salt, lime, and pepper mm-hmm. concoction. Right? Okay. And this is what we heard about. We're like, okay, yeah, try this. I don't care what you put in that. It's good. It's spectacular. Right. And it was like one of those things, like, how do I get more? Uh-huh. We asked it. And we were like, hey, do you guys sell that? 
Lo and yes. behold, they did. <laughs> so we all rolled back with a, a packet of this stuff. So I haven't broken into it yet, but oh my god, it was so good. So what did you uh, dip into it? It's fruit. fruit. I mean, it's fruit. So it's banana, uh, melons, uh, dragon fruit, yeah. um, all kinds of different fruits they have. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things yeah. about Southeast Asia. The, the fruits fruit are phenomenal. Just right. So fresh and so good and sweet. Sweet. And, and that, that and salt, huge. pepper, lime concoction, which is great. Yeah, and we're getting a little tight on time, aren't we? I don't know. Who knew? Yeah. Or we have to go a little extra. Five minutes was... But let's talk about the second day of temple hopping. Yeah. So I know Jim and Terry had done this multiple times. Eric, you've been there too. So Jim Scott and I did kind of the, the outer loop, <laughs> I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Our first place that we hit that morning was Thai Prom, mm-hmm. yep. which for anybody who is fans of Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, at least the Angelina Jolie version of it, that's where this was filmed. And I will say this. I loved Anchor Wat, mm-hmm. but that place was... Oh, you really like that place? I love that place. Oh, really? Well, so when the reason the temples look the way they do is, I guess, the French and the, what, 1900s? Mid-1800s. Mid-1800s. The French botanists discovered them, and then they started, you know, revitalizing them. Yeah, so they cleared everything. Right. Well, the one temple that they didn't clear the trees and the vegetation from was High Prom. So that's where you see those wild pictures of the roots climbing through the temple. Didn't they film a movie there? That was what it was. Laura. Laura, That's Laura. Laura. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. It was. It was just awesome. It was. And what was... Really amazing. So we roll in at Tuckton. We were there first thing in the morning. I mean, we did get an early start. It was kind of neat. So when you get to the water, which is the moat around, you know, the entire everybody's going left to go to Anchor Wat, and we go right, and we're by ourselves. There's Mm -hmm. nobody. We show up to the temple. There's hardly anybody there. I got pictures inside the temple, but not a person in it, which is just hard to do, right? Yeah, and then. I mean, the pictures in there were just, just amazing. They were absolutely amazing. Those were, they were. And they're spending a lot of money. So the first section of the temple now is under construction. They revitalized last year that whole, the last side that we saw, um, that was completely redone, which wasn't done two years ago. Mm, right. Amazing. And, and one thing, the French initially, I mean, now, like Tony said, they're uh, revitalizing them, fixing them up and all. But they wanted to leave one temple to show how the jungle had taken, taken over these temples and what they had to deal with to put them together. So that's why they left it like this. But now they are recaptured. But it, 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 it's it's amazing, especially in this temple. But even all of them. I mean, Tony mentioned the steep steps before. If this was a monument or national park here in the United States, you wouldn't see hardly any of it. Because there's no way you can go near these steps or go on these steps. <laughs> They're odd-shaped and steep. There's no handrails, rarely. There's a bunch of rock or uh, stones that have fallen down right there that you're walking over or by. I mean, it's 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 crazy, but it's cool because you get to see stuff. And you never felt in danger or anything like that. And you didn't have to sign a waiver. No, you didn't have to sign a waiver. You just had to walk through it. <laughs> yeah, if, you fall, if you fall and break your ankle, you're just going to disappear anyway. <laughs> well, if you break your hip, you're, you're going to die in six months. Anyway. <laughs> That's an inside joke for everybody. 
<laughs> I always say, if people, when people ask me about what about Cambodia, Cambodia to me, I always say, I was very pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't know. I had never been there. I had never really thought about even ever visiting it. I didn't know what Angkor Wat was. I didn't know what any of that was. So people were like, wow, Cambodia, what was it like? I'm like, it was a pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed it. I, I and the people that. are awesome, and it was very inexpensive. I second that thought because I, I had the least expectations, and maybe that's why. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it was probably my favorite stop. Of the right. Day. I feel the same way coming away from it, too. I, and you hate to say it because I love Vietnam, and I love Bangkok, but... Cambodia was just such a pleasant surprise because I didn't really know what to expect. It was interesting. I mean, I, again, I love that temple. And then, so again, so we left there. It was really cool. And we decided we're going to the outer limits because uh, Jim and Terry both said one of the unique <coughs> things to visit is the landmine museum. Yeah. So anybody from an American standpoint, in the Vietnam War and, and, and other wars, there's tons and tons yes. of landmines and Unexploded ordnance, yeah. That are all over. Yeah, all over the yeah the and, region. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know the guy. I can't remember his name. And I didn't didn't write that down. You know his name? Uh, that you talk about the school and the yeah. You know that Jim? Yeah, what's his name? It's something like Ray. Gosh, it'll come to me here in a second. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he started a museum, uh, and one of the big things that he's doing is is taking out the munitions. Yeah. You know, and the museum is all about all the landmines and all the munitions that he has pulled out. Aki, a, Aki Ra. His name is Aki Ra. Which was a big um, fundraising undertaking for Lady Di. Remember, right? She used yeah. to do this. Once she passed, it really went kind of to its waistline. Nobody, there was no popular person putting interest on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no. The other thing I would say, just to tie back into Thai prom, that which is where you know we saw this, is one of the things that there's a lot of kids and a lot of people who live in the area who have missing limbs or things from these munitions that yeah. exploded. They're out a farmer out cropping new grounds or kids right. playing, right? And it goes off. You just don't know when it's going to go off. He started. The guy who does the museum started the whole thing with the music, and these guys do Khmer, Khmer, however you Khmer, Khmer. Sure, the the, the enunciation of it, the music. So yeah. Cambodian music. So we're coming out of the temple, and there are a bunch of the kids who graduated from that program are all playing the music right there. And it's just kind of amazing to see, you know, just learn to adapt and. It's pretty amazing. It's still, uh, it's a great learning experience. Uh, it's, it really it's, is. It's very humbling. It is very humbling. I agree. That's a good, yeah. that's a good, yeah, way to put it. There's about 85 to 100 people a year still get hurt yeah. or killed. Maybe killed, I think, since there's even more that get hurt. From unexploded. From, like, from well, from, yeah, from yeah. unexploded, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. There was a lot of ordnance dropped yeah. in that part of the world at or that time. Yeah. In terms of tons, more bombs were dropped on Cambodia than any other country in the history of the world. There you have it. The Ho Chi Minh Trail was a big part of it. Yeah. 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 But so again, from from Thai Prom out to there, that's a good. And if Tuk Tuk is a probably a forty-five minute ride. Yeah. And Tuk Tuk's going twenty twenty-five miles an hour. And so, Jim, I have a question for you, Jim. Yeah. So when we got there, when I was we got a van. How did you all? So 
how'd you go from a van to a tuk-tuk? You didn't know what you were going to get, or you just... The night before, when we arranged it, we asked the uh, front desk to give us a car. Okay. Because it was only going to be four of us, and we figured a car was good enough. And then we knew the next day it would only be two of them, so we said, just get a car. And it was one of those things that sort of got lost in translation, as Um, often happens in that part of the world. Right, because the very first time you went, you and Terry took a tuk-tuk, and we know about, well, we can talk about it breaking down. Maybe we'll have to go do another (laughs) About that, but the next time was well, one of the next times was 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 with me, and we got to do a van, and it was a lot easier to get around in the air conditioning. But you all went back this time and had to get around via tuk tuk. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was it was uh, and it was a long ride. It was yeah, long, right. slow, but it but it was really kind of cool for so for Jim and I had been there, and it was you got to really see the. The countryside, so to speak. In 3D. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. We were talking about this earlier. So it's funny. My instinct was, I thought it was like local hooch. So you go by all these little stands <laughs> and they're like, top <laughs> cocktail. Yeah, liter bottles of, you know, of, I, yeah, I thought it was hooch. Yeah. It, was gasoline. it was gasoline. Gasoline. For the truck stop guys. They just stop and they buy it and they take well, a liter bottle and pour the gasoline pour, pour in and it, it was dry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They sell Molotov cocktail all over the country. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, the, I, when the first time I saw that, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. It's just a bottle of gasoline. It is. <laughs> that's what it is. Wow. Yeah, and that's and they sell them on racks like you'd see maps. You know, if you walk into a, a place on along the turnpike somewhere in Pennsylvania, and there's a rack of maps. That's exactly what you see in Cambodia, a rack of Molotov cocktails. It's crazy. (laughs) So when we were going out, heading towards the museum, we go through this little town, and they're pouring fresh concrete. You can tell this was an old dirt rose before, and now all of a sudden, it's like a metropolis. It's got pouring concrete, and one of the things that you'll see throughout Southeast Asia, too, is kind of this, the uh, woven stick kind of dustpan and broom, how they sweep things up. Right. And then you're like, well, they're everywhere. There's got to be a warehouse, right, someplace? Well, we saw the warehouse. The warehouse. <laughs> There's like uh, 60 yeah. of these, like, baskets and yeah. brooms and the handles. And I'm like, well, that's where they're buying them. There you go. Yeah. And then, uh, so then we, li- we leave there and we head to Bante Shrey. Bante Shrey, yes. And that's, I think that's the oldest one, right, Jim? That's yeah, the 10th century the 10th one. 10th century. That, it's a mother. It, it's a temple to women, actually. Yeah. Is that the monkey one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim, yeah. Jim, do you remember that's 10th century, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Is that most of this is red sandstone, but this is a harder form of the red sandstone, oh. and and though it, it doesn't weather as much, that's why it kept its color and most of its features, right. uh, at least a lot stronger. And there was a lot of wood carvings in this one too, whereas the others were almost all stone. There was a lot of wood in this, and in the entrance ways. Not that the other ones were real tall, maybe six foot. The other ones were near now today's doorways are seven or eight feet. These are like five feet, maybe. Yes. At best. Very short. At best. At best, yeah. Yeah. Jim, I have a question for you. What made you go to Sam Reap for the very first time in the first place? You know, I, th- I think I had seen some documentary or some National Geo show on Anchor Watt. And it was just, we had originally chosen, I think, Bangkok. We knew we wanted to go there to Thailand, and I was like, what's near here? And looked over, and there's Angkor Wat. We said, okay, what's the third place? Vietnam. And it just sort of happenstance. You got uh, that out developed. Yeah. That's cool, because it's a very, 
I would recommend it to anyone. I really would. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't go. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really, it, it's I really I would say different. this. I mean, and, and, and we mentioned this before. I think Joe and I were talking about this on the way back. I mean, it's one of those places that I never thought about going. Right. But having been there, I think if you get a chance, you should absolutely the temple. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, just to kind of see the architecture and realize this is a thousand years ago. Yeah. And people were living pretty damn high on the hog, so to speak. Right. And yeah. When you look at what they, how they were doing things and what at least they were. <laughs> yeah. It was just amazing. Right. Yeah. It just, just the architecture alone is just stunning. I don't know about the people. I don't know how high in the hog the people that were building all this were living. No, <laughs> well, that I don't know. Somebody had to build it, and this somebody's a lot of labor. <laughs> but then, I, and Jim, Jim Reed, I don't know if you hit this temple, but when Jim and I were coming back from Bante Shrey, you know, we weren't quite done. It wasn't a, a terribly hot day, so we asked our our driver, like, "Hey, anything you'd recommend, kind of on the way back?" And it was. Pre rock. It was right along the road, which makes it. Was right along the road. It's not too far from Anchor Watt. It's called Pre Rock. That sounds it, familiar. Yeah, it's one of the temples that you can still climb all the way to the top. Oh. And but here's what I would say. This is when you realize <coughs> the sun and the, yeah. the temperature on the ground versus the temperature at the top. Oh, oh my God. Really? By the time we climbed these steep ass Very steps to the top. You know, I, I think we did stop there and we just made Lee Lucas climb to the top and take pictures <laughs> for us. <laughs> that sounds about right. But I would tell you um, some of the fantastic pictures that we got from the top of that. Yeah, it, is, it is absolutely gorgeous. It was great. Really and what was uh, getting, getting back to the safety stuff that you wouldn't have here in the States, one, it was a very steep climb. But going back, Thinking having to come back down those steep steps, it, it was for me a little daunting, especially if you got a little height issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Luckily, on one one side, and if you didn't walk around, you wouldn't know it. They did have one set of steps that they had built over top the the steeps, the, the the steps that came with it, so you could go down with the rail. But the other ones like that. And that doesn't look so intimidating in a picture. And so, look vertical. so we're looking at a photo right now. You're talking about the top of those steps was really hot. It oh my god! Oh, completely compared to where you were at the yes. bottom. No way! Wow. And you can almost like, feel the heat emanate because this is like at this point it's about two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and that picture doesn't do justice how steep those steps. No, are. I don't. I you don't think to, I got to that one. When you climbed up, you had to. Well, you didn't have to, but usually where you see a little ledge. You stop off to the side to catch your breath. I mean, we took pictures and acted like we, we weren't uh, out of breath. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what you're doing before you went up, and you had to sort of hold on to climb up. And they were very steep. Jim, what or what's the name of this, Tony or Jim? That's this one is pre-rock. Did we go there when I was there two years ago? No, you didn't. Okay, so I, I, I'm looking at a picture here that no one else can see, but I don't, I don't recognize it. I'm like, I don't remember this. But so okay, and it, it, it actually, it, it was actually, all the more reason to go back. Yeah, I mean, I would highly recommend this. With you, Brian. Yes, sir. Well, he did say that this is one of the few that you can climb. That's like Anchor Watt to climb up that step. That line was yeah, uh, it was forever. Right. And those were what's regular wood steps. These were the actual steps. Yeah, these are old steps. That's pretty awesome. And I want real good, real quick. Back to Ty Prom, the Laura Croft, Tomb Raider one. 
we were going through, and there's so many places you go. I found another monk. Mm. I got another blessing. <laughs> <laughs> blessings on this I got trip. Two blessings. What the yeah. heck? You need about a thousand I, more. I'm just saying, if I can find a monk at every temple, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but uh, that was can, pretty awesome. Can I talk a little bit about what I did, uh, what Terry and I did on the second day while you guys were going through the temples? Absolutely. So while Jim and I were temple hopping, what did you guys do? We had, I'd, I'd always wanted to go to the uh, National Museum there in CM Rip and never been able to because we always just have n- enough days to go to the temples. So we finally made it out there. And I'd like to really highly make the pitch for if you're going out to CM Reap for the first time and you've got at least four full days in country, start at the National Museum on the very first day. It, uh, they've got some other things like a court of a thousand Buddhas, which is kind of neat. But what they really do nicely is they give you the history of the Khmer people. Mm-hmm. And it takes you through the very first temples and shows you how it changed. And it talks about, you know, what's going on in terms of militarily and, you know, how they end up getting their power together. It's a, a very nicely put together narrative of the sort of short glory period of the Khmer uh, uh, people. So, you know, it doesn't take more than an hour and a half, but it's a good introduction to the temples. And just like you said, Jim, I think reading that book would have helped before you go out to the temples. Seeing the displays there also would be a really nice thing to do. Although I know everybody's just really dying to get right out onto the temples themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So it's easy to get to from the center of town. It's, you know, a dollar grab dry, uh, ride, basically, and uh, doesn't take more than 90 minutes to go through. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up our regular episode. We're going to jump into some bonus coverage. So remember to get bonus coverage, go to the website. Subscribe. And subscribe. That's at uh, friendsthatcarryon.com. Make sure you subscribe there. You'll get access to our bonus coverage because we're going to hit on a few things that everybody wants to talk about, which is some of the craziness that happens on on good old Pub Street. It's great. (laughs) And then a couple other interesting uh, just planning aspects that we want to talk about. So make sure you, you, you log in and, and sign up for that and you get access to that. And details. And you can check us out on Facebook too and Instagram, Pinterest. All of it is at friends that carry on. So make sure you do that. So again, until next week when we catch up on Hanoi. Hanoi, Vietnam. Again, stay tuned and we'll be in touch soon. Great. All right. Awesome. I don't even dare. Adios. Adios. Be sure to join the friends next week with another great podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content on www.friendsthatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching Friends That Carry On. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to carry on, friends.